You know, I'm not suggesting you go and push in front of the queue at your local Starbucks or whatever. I'm just suggesting that maybe you're tiptoeing or running with training wheels when you could just take them off. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good. How are you going, Ezra? I'm really good, man. I'm really, really good. I'm in a dark room. Uh, I'm, I'm recording this with a laptop on the bed so that uh, I can hear the doorbell when it rings because there's some folks <laughs> coming to work on the power in the building. Man, this this building is so interesting. It's this like giant brick behemoth in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and there's this landlord, and he just sits downstairs and he smokes cigars twenty four. He's just I have never seen this guy without a cigar in his mouth, and uh, he just sits on the stoop, you know, kind of waiting to to chat. And sometimes you can't escape it. <laughs> like today, I got caught up. Just do uh, just go just look at him like cross eyed and do a bird call or something like. Oh, just do something really weird to freak him out. Yeah, it's not a bad that's, idea. That's that. Wouldn't that fit right in in New York? Anyway? I think. It, I mean, hopefully, he might kick me out of the building. <laughs> he might be like, "You're a little too weird." But I thought you announced you're moving anyway. Well, I did actually. I went and talked to him, and it was really heavy, man, because we got three leases, and and basically, I had to get out of those leases because we're no longer going to be leasing these three apartments in the same building. Hey, why, why do you have three apartments? Well, because Justin had one upstairs, and then we had one that was shared as our office. So together, gotcha. we have three leases, and we're all leaving. So you've recreated your commune, pretty much. I pretty much had a commune, moving people in. Why don't you just add a couple more? You know. Well, you know, it, <laughs> we thought about it. We thought about move. You know, we were inviting people, but then it turns out that uh, it's pretty high cost of living here. Is what most people's response to New York is. Is like, you know, hey, it's, you know, I'd like to live there, but there's no nature and it's real expensive. And I understand that. I really, I think ultimately the the thing that is driving us out of New York more than you know, we want to start a family and that kind of stuff is that we just are like starved for nature. I can't explain it, but every time I'm by like a tree, I'm just like happier, you know? So um, that's going on. Nice. So should we talk about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, let's talk about it. I think this is a great topic. I'm not sure where it came from, but it's a really appropriate topic. It's something that I've been really thinking about a lot lately. It's it's rules. And all rules, if you just go back to the nature of rules, we're going to explore rules, you know, uh, across many uh, spectrums here, but if you go back to the nature of rules as far as society is concerned, they were all made for survival reasons. Like don't wander off in the middle of the night back when we lived in a village, you know, so people could survive. And if you want to know what people were like before laws, go read the laws. That's how people were before rules. So rules, what are they? How are you using them and how are they affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Very cool. In fact, the, um, the earlier society before us were a bit smarter than us and they probably had good rules. And the fact that we're around now is that I think we broke some of them. <laughs> like killing each other. Yeah, yeah that's a- <laughs> we could go. Our our species went down to the watering hole and speared the homos. Uh, what were they? Homo erectus, and we're homo and we're homo sapiens. The homo erectus. Yeah, we're homo sapien. That's right. So uh, sometimes you can get ahead by breaking the rule, but uh, that's no doubt going to come up. 
Well, you know, this whole idea of, of social organization, if you go back to guys like Rousseau and Voltaire and people who wrote about what kind of society that you want to live in and what you value and then how to set up the structure of that society to promote the fostering of those values. It's called the – if you Google it, it's called the social contract and, and it's like an entire section of intellectual history that studies the various thinkers that like put forward the ideas about how to structure society. And Society is really a concept, the way that we orient ourselves, things like money, like what they're founded on is externally formulated principles by a group of people that we then subscribe to explicitly or non-explicitly. So like we're signing up to to follow these rules just by being born into them. And there's some that we decide that we're going to follow and others that we decide we're going to break. Yeah. So that's um, a little bit like train tracks, I think, where it you know, you you pretty much grow up on the train that you're on, and you learn that that's that's the direction. And and if you were to mm. take away the tracks, then it's you're going to have more perils, more disasters, more effort involved in some cases. Uh, and a lot of people are happy to ride the train, and then there's some people who don't. don't they just want to carve and bla- blaze a, a trail across the desert, you know, with no tracks. And there's an amount of daring involved. And then there's the cheeky people who deliberately set out to create their own set of rules but the risk is that you might look like a bit of a tosser as well like uh, i remember reading the four-hour work week and it was kind of like he um almost cheated his way into winning things and i felt that it must have been some kind of hollow victory you know just being a being a better smart ass doesn't necessarily mean a better result right totally I, i love that train track analogy because i think you really are on the you're, you are on the train that you're born on and and there's a lot of like there's a lot of attention that that doesn't get paid to the conditioning that we pick up the rules that we just follow because that's where we were that's what was set for us and it's really interesting and I also think it, it's relevant to business because you build your own society within your business absolutely it's like we're a part of this big society and then People like you and I, especially, uh, are building uh, many communities, uh, both on the team side of it and on the customer side of it. And it reminded me of this book I read at school called The Lord of the Flies. And that was essentially what happens if there are no rules, when these, these kids go to an island and start a bit of a warfare. And it's a, it's a great way to explain what happens in society, you have to start putting rules so that uh, people don't do things that are going to uh, put everyone at risk. And to some extent, we almost bump up against the topic of religion on this because that's like the ultimate Lord of the Flies solution. It's like, if you're good, you'll go to heaven. If you do something bad, you'll go to hell. And that's a great way to, to rule society uh, with a, you know, a really severe metaphor for what's going to happen if you do good or, or bad or if you do this thing then you'll get like a hundred virgins which you're taught to want you know like, or whatever <laughs> crazy <laughs> shit, <you know? laughs> that's right yeah uh so and then the, you know there's a really valid argument to have rules so working in the car yard for example we had very clear rules around uh, how to park cars within the showroom you know you've got 20 or 30 cars inside a building and you're driving them around and there's people in there and you don't want to squash someone. And same in the workplace. You've got to have rules around having water on the floor or lifting heavy objects, uh, uh, you know, just to protect people from themselves and, and from harm from others. 
And I think this is a good, this is a good, that right there, that thread alone. So if, if we look at it in the context of how you structure your business and how you relate with your employees and the rules that you set, you can have attention on setting rules that are designed to keep people safe, feeling good, and actually productive, right? So you can set up rules that will have people continue to be productive, which will have them feel good about their job and have you feel good about them if you're someone who is hiring people like we are. Like the, like the one of the things that we implemented after I learned this from you was, you know what, we need to be having some kind of regularly scheduled get-together, team meetings. So that, and that's like a, a pretty straightforward and standard one, but you know what I'm getting at here? Yeah. Well, uh, we have a rule in our business and that is if you want to get paid for the day's work, you put in an activity report for the end of the day. You know, it's just a, it's a simple train track that can be followed or ignored, but there is a consequence, um, and it's rewarding the result you want, and that's a mantra that uh, really helps me when I'm trying to formulate rules, or you know, when I look at society and how I fit into it, I'm looking at what what result do they want and what are they trying to reward. You know, if you have a parking meter, then they're trying to reward people. They're trying to reward car spaces. They want people to move on so that someone else can have a turn at parking their car. And if you deliberately flout those sort of rules and you don't reward the result they want, usually there's a penalty. So I'm trying to think about that in my business and also in my community. Maybe we can... So I want to ask you about the rules of your community yeah. in a second. But Yeah, let's, we'll touch on them in a little bit later. But what I want to, I want to mention quickly what an anarchist is. So what an anarchist is fundamentally is someone who doesn't buy into whatever the greater society is up to. And they, they exist in all societies and they exist in your community and my community. And, and within uh, uh, society, within a, a structure of any kind, there's always pushback against the structure. So within rules, there's always a pushback of people who are against those rules. And, and one of the main questions is like what's the difference between society, right, between what has, the society has decided is right and moral and what is actually right. So like what's, what's right versus what's socially contracted because there's always this like constant desire to rewrite the rules and usually the reason something gets rewritten in, in the social contract which is like this concept that they talk about in philosophy is because there's some group of people who says that they should be different and, and you know each individual like you and I chooses to subscribe to some elements of this social order and some elements of their community right some people go into your community and they pitch when they're not supposed to and 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 doesn't subscribe to other ones so like if you've ever stolen something or if you've ever pirated music or if you've ever like sped then you're then you're um you know breaking the the the, the social structure and as humans we're we're uh, both natural rule followers, like we know that we need inherently that we need society, like a greater uh, group to live like our highest, you know, form of pleasurable life. But, you know, it's interesting when you look at species in general, because the more intelligent the species, the more social order there is, because intelligent species understand that you need to have cooperation in order to have society. So think about driving. Like I can, every time I'm on the road, it's hard for me to fathom it's the the area in life where I think the most people are in agreement about what the rules are. It's incredible how what level of agreement people are in about what the rules are on the road. It's really fascinating. Yeah, and then you, it, I mean, it is. And then you go to another country, and they're all on the other side of the road, which is, it is amazing. Um, but then you, you did raise some of the subtleties, you know, stuff like speeding or stolen music, and some of those. Um, when you reflect on that, there's this huge movement that. You know, governments, for example, say that speed kills, and then some people say, 
Well, it's not so much speeding, but it's um, bad equipment, bad training, and fatigue and drinking whilst driving. Those things are far more dangerous, for example. So someone who doesn't agree with the government's idea of what the rules are might still be prone to breaking the rules. And then there's the flip side of um, this music thing. I hear the argument with that one all the time is that the distributors just can't supply to consumers at the technology rate that the consumers are consuming. I mean, they see something in America and in Australia, they want to watch it as well, but they have to wait months or years for that series to come out. So they're going to go start looking for it through other means. And that's where, uh, in some cases, the rules just haven't kept up with consumer demand, you know, and human behavior. Totally, totally. And I think that like, it's so important as individuals, as people who are, who are doing business and having business practices with, with customers that like you as an individual think about what these rules are in relationship to whatever the structure is. If it's greater society, if it's your, relation, your intimate relationship, if it's your business and decide for yourself what feels right to you. Like actually do that work to take a look at how you feel about these rules that are set and, and make a decision on that because you, you might be surprised. You might be in agreement with some that you didn't think you were. You might not be in agreement. And I think it's going to be interesting to talk about the rules. Let's talk about Superfast Business Membership for a second, right? Like you've got – you've built this community, right? You've got probably the preeminent online business owner community, uh, like at least within our circles, right? It's awesome, awesome community of people. It's big. There's a great people in there and there you have certain rules in there and one of them I think is really interesting that you allow people to do that a lot of other places are really shun they like are active people are like seriously and actively against this thing that you allow people to do which is the ability to promote their own products within that form so you I think you should talk about that because that's a really radical uh, move on your part frankly well yeah you did touched on one of the elements and that is that Rules are created, uh, you know, when new things pop up or when someone wants to do their own thing. And as a um, long-time community owner, and I'm, I don't know how long it is exactly, maybe six years, the thing that I've noticed is that, um, you know, over time, uh, you need to innovate your rules because someone will try something new or ask for something. But in this context, I used to do a, a lot of marketing in other people's forums and some of them let you have a signature file to put a link to wherever you want. And I found value in that because I could then answer a lot of questions and it's using the give and take. I could give content and then I could get my reward by people clicking on my link, which is now shown more often. There's more instances of it. So I thought, you know what, I could do a few models here. I could uh, have an advertising-free zone where there's no signatures, and that's how we run Silver Circle because it's it's all about the content and the coaching in there. But in the um, context of Superfast Business, I felt that a lot of people could justify their membership fee by having this little link underneath their posts, and it actually rewards people for posting. And the more posts that they make, the more their, their signature link will show. So as a community owner, I'm encouraging user-generated content. And someone who has a 1,000 posts is going to have a 1,000 signature files in the community, increasing their chance of getting a click on there. And it helps me as the community owner because now people are populating the community with involvement. So having that ability to encourage engagement has, has rewarded the behavior I want. But there are certainly rules around it, and that is 
because you can do that, you can't post promotional links within the posts themselves, or you and and you certainly can't harvest, which is just sending people straight off to an opt-in page, you know, by putting a link to your own site in any of the the main content. But the signature section is for them to do what they want. It's really really smart. It's one that I've adopted. I mean, I was always. I'm the, I've, I don't come from that. I don't have the viewpoint that like people promoting their their own stuff is a negative thing. I think that people should be very forthcoming and proud of the offers that they have. I also don't want them just like spamming my forum with their stuff. Well, that's what uh, the big risk is: is that people will just um, post nonsense to get exposure, and that's where you moderate. And right, uh, ultimately, in your own community. You are God. If you want to delete something, you delete it. You don't have to ask anyone. It's your environment, and uh, you get to moderate how you like. And that's what preserves the quality of the environment is if there's anything even remotely fishy or spammy or promotion heavy, it just gets deleted. So that means that by curating your content, you've only got good content there. And then you have remarkable threads like Sean's Dirt Thread, which is... Over a thousand posts now, I think. Oh my God, Sean's dirt thread, dude. It's a work of art. <laughs> Which I went in there the other day. It really, it, that guy really is on to something there with that thread, man. It's like the the, the underground gossip of our community. I'm so into the gossip. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. I go and I go every now and again, and literally the first thing I do when I log into Superfast Business Members area is I go check the dirt thread, see what's going on there. Like, like and that is uh, that's part of the glue that um, that binds the community together. And it's a valuable service that just for that thread alone, it's worth the membership for many people because it's keeping them up to date with what the good things are, what the bad things to avoid. And, and there's been some hilarity in there, like the the things you find out that you would be oblivious to unless you had access to that. Credible. <laughs> like like the Facebook expert whose Facebook account got banned. Oh, my God. I mean, that dude. is... You know, that sort of stuff is fascinating. Heavy. I heard about that, bro. But there's a lesson in that. And the, and the lessons in that are, you know, easily translatable. And that, you know, on topic here, I, I would, ha- if I, I don't know anything about it other than this happened, but, or allegedly happened. But the, the, the bottom line is probably some rules were broken or perceived to have been broken. Yeah, for sure. Some rules were broken, dude. Right. And you break the rules. In someone else's house, they can eject you. Totally. And it's, I mean, man, isn't that ever a, a really, really good analogy for rules? Because, you know, some rules in some areas, like, you know, the consequences for bending or, or going outside those rules are not so severe. And some, some you know, sometimes they are very severe. They can be crushing. Yeah. You know, and, and if you build your whole business in someone else's house and then you take a crap on the carpet and they kick you out, well, you've got nowhere to go to, have you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's you know a good a, a good um, you know a good time to 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 bring back in your concept of own the race course, which is really the 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 concept of not building your house on someone else's land. Yeah, right. So like having some level of ownership over whatever you're doing and some way of of um, not being a hundred percent dependent on one single source. I think it comes back to now. Let's talk about for a second the rules that we set for ourselves in our businesses, right? Like one of the rules that we have is we do a technology fast on Saturday, and we, um, you know, have 
t- uh, certain certain days where it's like you know today is the creativity day where we're not we're not going to be doing it. we're just going to be hanging out and being you think and having time for creativity through conversation we're not going to actually be actively doing things we don't work more than eight hours a day like we have these rules that we set to that I, I have set along with Carrie and with other people with you know your input like I have these rules that I've set for my team and for my business to foster what I would consider to be the the most pleasurable working environment and also the most effective ultimately at the end because I feel like there's there's a balance between you know working hard and also working smart. Well, this is where you determining the goal or the the station that you want to get to, and then you're setting some train tracks that will get you there efficiently. You know, rules very similar to routine. They both start with R, but I have same. I have a weekly hour maximum on my computer because if I exceed that then i start to question well what's the point what is the point of spending all this what's your uh what's your weekly hour maximum 25 i want 25 no hours way, on a computer dude. yeah and mine's way higher than that bro i'm probably at 40 i also want to surf every day because if i lose touch with surfing every day i think what's what's the point what's why sort are of, you working what life hard? is this yeah. spending 14 hours on a computer so that i so that so that what <laughs> it's pointless <laughs> right well, let's let's go. Hold on, context for a second, because dude, before we were in the spot we're in now, where we were like doing super, super well, like it was important to have those fourteen-hour workdays. I feel like I feel like those were well. That, well, that is that's the point. Is once you reach a point, a certain station, if you like, like when we yeah, when we got on the train, we were the ones shoveling the coal, <laughs> right, working triple shifts. That's that was our job. But when we got when we moved ourselves up to the position of driver. And then we progress through station to station. Now it's it's okay to to go and have a little rest from driving a train all the time. It's it's got a lot of momentum. It'll keep rolling for a long time the way we've set them up. So it's important to question everything, and that is should your rules change because something's changed in your life, and that's when a routine change is in order. So what worked for me, uh, what seven. What, 2005 when I registered my domain, from that point when I, I was clueless about what my business would look like or what it did, or I had no team, nothing, from what's changed from then to now is a lot. So I have to change my my focus. Man, no, that's let's explore that for a second because that's really, really interesting. And, and you know, the one thing that we can count on as human beings in life is that things are constantly evolving and shifting and changing. And that's one of the things that makes moments so beautiful is that they're ever fleeting. It's always going to be different. Net, you know, it's it, things continue to change. And so um, this idea that the rules that you have set for yourself shift with your with your progress and growth. I mean, that's a a really radical. I yeah. think people have a hard time with that. I think people have a hard time changing those things up. And again, going back to the train, like the the view always changes on when you're going down the tracks. It's it's forever changing, but the tracks are getting you the results you want. The rules are aligned to the results you want. And then when you get to the station, you can pause for a minute and think, okay, let's plan the next station. What's going to be there? What do we want it to look like? Are we committed to this next leg of the journey? Have we got enough supplies? Are we resourced? Are we ready? All right, let's get on the train and make this happen. So you can basically map out from station to station and it is important to to change. And, and I tell you, one of the greatest things that I ever did in my entire career was to be a master of change. 
I welcomed change. I thrived on change. I celebrated change because I knew that it decimated everyone around me except for me. And uh, being a master of change gave me a big superpower strength in an ever-changing environment. And, you know, to put this in pure context, I was at an environment with Mercedes-Benz where the product was forever changing, like always a new model, always a new this, always a new competitor. Uh, everyone was coming out with new stuff all the time, so it never stayed static. First of all, I agree with everything you just said. I'm with you on that. And I think that training that you got there and, and the training that we all get through the experiences in, in our lives is very you can like we can take as much from the experiences that we've had as we're willing to explore them, right? God, that's so true. Like I, I used to walk home from school and this and the prefect would shout across the road, put it on, do it up. And he meant put on my straw hat and do up my button. And I'm like, just near my house. I'm nowhere near school. <laughs> and I used to hate that rule of wearing a freaking straw hat, which kind of went out in the twenties, you know? And it wasn't a rule that got me to the goal I wanted to get to. It didn't in any way make me feel happy that I'm... No, it was just something that was imposed oh, on you for, and, no, for a reason you didn't understand, which it's another thing. If you're going to impose rules on people, it's important to have them understand the why behind well, them. Well, it was all about tradition and, and um, you know, toffee-in-the-mouth, poshy little school with doctors and lawyers and solicitors. And I hated it. it was, I know you used to go to school and get beaten up by the locals. Or, or, I, did. I totally did. <laughs> I used to go to school and get uh, bullied and harangued by these much bigger kids who are much richer and scary. Who also had straw I hats. was scared shitless throughout my whole school. But I, I didn't get the point of the hat. It wasn't something I subscribed to. And it's for that reason I, I – you know, I laugh. I see some people in the internet marketing space put on little waistcoats and dress up for their presentations because they probably never had a, a suit job. And the last thing I want to do is put on a tie, you know, a, a meaningless little bit of cloth yeah, around so my neck to constrict me like a noose. I don't want to do that. You know, so I think it's just hilarious how our previous exposure to some rules and they were, that was hard. Hardcore, like you could go to school and end up with six of the best if you did something wrong, and it didn't even have to do anything. You didn't actually have to do something wrong. You just had to have a teacher think you did something wrong for you to get the stick. Like they'd literally bend you over and yeah. smack your butt with That's a cane. It. Must have been rough, dude, coming up in rural Australia. Well, no, no, back in the day, this wasn't rural. This is like Sydney. Oh, I mean, hey, man, that's pretty. How? When was this? Twenty, thirty years ago? This was rural. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. It wasn't brutal. <laughs> this, is like the, this is like the really expensive school where the teachers say, we're going to do whatever we want here, and you'll sign a letter to say it's okay for us to smack your kid wow. with a cane. You know, I was scared every day I went to school. Well, okay, on this same – okay, I don't think those rules that you had to follow were any good. I think that, you know, obviously if you were a – I think they sucked. You know, if, if you, you obviously did not get much value from them, so I'm not going to tout those. But I do think that there is some level of importance to knowing how to follow rules, knowing how to go through courses, knowing how to participate in someone else's society, being socialized to participate in society. Like there is, there is value. Without getting caught though, hey? Well, I mean – Mr. PlayStation. Yeah. Well, I was I, – I, I definitely did. Here's the thing. Like kids learn and I had uh, I had another friend over and they my kids challenged them to PlayStation, which is their favorite thing to do. Like beat them at poker, beat them at PlayStation. They, they like to try all these things. And 
Uh, but they referenced you. They said, "Oh, I remember when? Remember when Ezra <laughs> slipped the controller to you know to gents to to um, balance up the hands in, in infamy." That was infamous. well. It's it is fascinating though because you have different rules around competition than other people. Like for you, it's a natural. The first thing is to win this game. What's the easiest path to take to get this? And I'll just yeah, I'll just slide the controller to the kid who's good at this. And so you've you've delegated, outsourced, and um, you know armed up your side to to get a result that's needed. Whereas some people would be so strictly down the line, well, oh no, that'd be cheating. I can't pass the controller. So we have this big spectrum. And the way that you approach that casual PlayStation game is no doubt a product of whatever came before and, and certainly likely to be how you apply yourself to many situations, whether it's uh, a cue for the food or or whatever. I'm sure there'll be variations. Well, I think that there's a level of of you know being willing to, to I think that there's levels to these things and I think there's certain things that we have more reverence for right like I don't mind passing the controller over to Jammy you know when I'm just to like have a little fun with uh Jensen who uh, by the way man that kid but we t- he was surfing that day he got some waves I was very impressed by that I was really happy that we got him out on some waves but but no, I think that, I mean you made some notes here that I thought were were interesting under this this note of of it's important to know how to follow rules such as and I'm curious what you mean by these. Keeping secrets gets you access to more information. That's an interesting line. I want to. I want to explore that one. Right. So there's like you know some rules. Like uh, someone says to me, you know, often, like pretty pretty much every day or two, I'm exposed to a secret because of the people I'm working with. You know, we pull down the cone of silence and and we talk about stuff that is very sensitive and particular to people's businesses that needs to remain confidential. But what I found is if you abide by these rules of keeping a secret, people will tell you stuff. The stuff that people tell me is mind-blowing. And because I don't share it with anyone else, they keep telling me. And you get a reputation for being able to hold a secret and be someone who could be a trusted confidant to share ideas. But what happens in my case is I'm building up quite a knowledge base of what actually goes on out there in society and in business because of the things that I find out and it helps me like learning about booby traps and stuff helps me avoid them for me and for for other customers totally I think that's absolutely righteous yeah and and I was and I was also making this observation in in uh, the way that I play business is a lot of people in our game like to talk a mean game they talk and talk and they tell you what they're going to do and they put these long sales letters on Facebook selling you into their high-priced coaching programs. And I've actually had to unsubscribe from a lot of my friends, not unfriend, but I just don't read their feeds. Like To me, they're, they're dead to me uh, for all intents and purposes because every freaking post is a sales letter selling people. And I'm not there to be sold to my friend's high-level mastermind program. So I've unsubscribed from them, but I watch what people do and not what they say. And I say, show me, don't tell me. And, you know, stop this talk fest of what you're going to do and what great results you got for for you and everyone else. Just go and do something like Taki and I did. Make a podcast with case studies. That's It's there for people who want to listen to that stuff and to find out how clever you are. But it's not in everyone's face every five seconds. Mm. Well, it's seduction, right? Because it's like 
you, th- th- there are ways to get to the offers that you make, but they all come through some content. People are, <laughs> well, people are on Facebook. Let's face it, and the and the less successful they are, the more time they're spending on Facebook. As as my general observation. So true, man. I also don't even under. I mean, so many people are doing this whole pitch from Facebook thing. I I can't fathom that it works very well. But if I mean, I guess it does work. But it will it it works until you run out of your 150 average friends. That's that's it stopped working for some of my friends because I've seen them getting more desperate. And um, there's some coaches who who really teach this model. It's like mine out your friends. It's very uh, actually MLME, if I should say, where you totally. just start start with the nearest person and convince them. Well, what happens when you run out of your 150 friends? And that's that's the number of the average number of friends that people have um, in their life. 150, then you're screwed. So I like to build my marketing funnel away from there and just use signposts, intersp- intersperse it with something else. But you know, everyone treats it differently, but I'm working with a sustainable idea of how it might work for the long haul, as as always, because I've broken rules before uh, with Google and uh, apparently with Facebook, but I didn't know what the rule was. And then they restored my account, so maybe they're apologizing. Well, that's, not, that's nice of them. They restored it. They've been shutting people down right and left. They did. Right. Well, they actually gave mine back, and I, I don't know why I lost it. And I don't know why I got it back, <laughs> but, but I'm now able to run ads again. And uh, my Google AdWords got shut down many years ago because they just went super, they went super hardcore with their rules, like just, uh, you know, callous almost. I got booted because I helped a friend advertise. I helped him out. I was like, you know, considered the e-commerce AdWords guy and I was helping this friend out and they linked our two accounts. So it wasn't even anything in my account. It was just that I had been in this other account from my IP address. So be careful. Mine was something stupid. They they wanted me to change a domain that, that wasn't even mine because I was direct linking. Ah, uh, some kind of an offer. You know, that makes sense. No amount of arguing with the support guy in India would change their mind on it. And it, it's, you know, big companies, no recourse. So if, you, if you're dealing with a very large company and you don't want to get banned, you have to have a tighter compliance to the rules. And it's, it's just think for the long term here, not just this week or next week. Some of the things you're doing now could be jeopardizing your future self. So just think about that. Like, for example, if you go out and murder someone and get locked in jail, a very short path to ruining your life, like, you know, behind bars or getting a lethal injection or something uh, could happen in five minutes with bad decisions and with bad situations. So you've got to... And, you know, it might it might feel good right now to have three pints of ice cream or something, but, like, you know that in the long run, like, the next day you're not going to feel so good so you don't do that, right? You're considering... Yeah, that sort of borders on uh, rules of science or almost laws if we're on that day. I want to talk about... Uh, I want to switch from like general rules to automation rules because I think those are a really cool type of rule that is uh, involved in our business. Before we do that, I got to let these guys in. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Cool. What was that? Was very random. What happened? Well, well, just the uh, my doorbell rang. It's like this sound, and and I didn't want it to show up on the recording. I got these guys coming in to work on the power, but but so. Uh, automation rules. That's what I want to talk about. So I'm using these things, these automation rules in my business. Like for example, when someone um, signs up, they say, hey, I want to take this. I, the only way you can sign up for my 
uh, email list is to like opt in for a course of some kind. So I send them an email, an automated email that goes out to them. When someone watches half of my webinar and they don't see the sales offering, I follow up with them in one way. And if they actually watch the full webinar and they see the sales offering, I follow up with them through email in another way using a, a Fused app, which is an app I found out about through the Superfast community. So what, what kind of automation rules are you using? I think we should talk a little bit about sort of the baseline automation rules and then we can move on. Automation is something as simple as when someone buys something, I follow them up a little bit later. Hey, Ezra, how's your website going? You know, uh, something like that. I also have so just kind of um, uh, customer inquiry requests, uh, customer inquiries post purchase. Well, there's uh, onboarding when someone just purchased. Like, hey, you just just bought it, such and such. Just wondered how it's going. There's uh, there's if they didn't buy, that's one of my favorite. It's like, hey, Ezra, you're still interested in a website? You might have visited the checkout page, but not actually purchased. So we can tell if that's happening. And that's through uh, Entreport. That's using uh, Entreport, and yeah, I also use fused app for stuff like you use it when someone watches part of a video but doesn't watch all of it i can follow them up and give them a nudge and this is how you put together a really good training course is you let people watch a video and only when they finish it do you trigger the email for the next video so it's competency based and if they try and watch the next video you can say, hang on, you haven't watched the first one yet. Go back here and watch the first one. So you could, you could do clever things using Fused App with that. So uh, you said something interesting to me that the only way people can get on your list is to get some kind of a course. Is that really true? I know. Well, I need to change that, bro, because right now… Yeah, that's not right. Right now, the only way you can opt in is if you opt in for a course or something. I get people emailing me like, how do I get on your email list? If you just put a little lead box under your posts and let people get the transcription or a, a download. Oh, I have that. I have that. Right. I do so have then that. that's, I take that that's back. Okay, not, I got that going. Yeah. I got, and I or, do have on the right hand. Or maybe if they buy something, hopefully they're getting added to your email list. So got you on technicalities. All right. One more thing. Like, um, Let's just talk about some of the rules in my business that aren't just purely automation, so that someone's not a high-level internet geek, uh, then they might actually get something from this. Uh, one rule we have in our customer support is this. If the customer asks us where we're up to with a job, we left it too late. Mm, really good. So that's, that's a support rule that we have. And if, and if I see a ticket where a customer... Dude, dude, that one's, that one's good. Yeah, if a customer says, hey... Uh, where are we up to with this or, you know, what's, what's the latest or, you know, when are you coming? Then I'm like, that, that's just, that's a red flag and uh, we left it too long. So we t tend to update customers more often than they would ask for an update and that, that's the golden rule for us there. Another rule we have in the business is tell me before I find out. If there's some sort of problem or a situation or an emergency or we've dropped the ball, I want my team to tell me so I can fix it before it gets to be a big problem. And this is like the four stages of a problem. Kid playing with matches, small fire lit, big fire, house burnt down. I want to find the kid playing with the matches so I can take the matches away from them before the fire has started. Or if there is a small fire, I want someone to scream fire so we can go and tip a cup of water on it or a bucket before we have to call the fire truck. So in, in a bigger company, you're going to find that people bury mistakes because they 
too scared that if if they get found out, then they'll be sacked. So you encourage the tell me before I find out rule. And the key here is to be very tactful how you handle this. You reward and praise people for letting you know about a problem early. You thank them for telling you early so that it can be resolved and you understand that problems happen. And that's created a great framework for us to get rid of challenges early. That's really, really good. I'll give you one more. One more is a golden rule for emails, and it's simply this, that my customer should be better off for opening my email than not opening the email. So if I'm going to send a pitch or something, I've got to send content with it or something positive. Or you've got to make fun of someone's hair. Yeah, you've got to make someone's And I hope you didn't mind that, but I just – That was – I thought it was really it's clever. my immediate frankly, reaction. placed very high in that. And it know, made me 2,000 bucks. So, yeah, so it was really funny. Got me two thousand bucks. I thought it was. I thought it was the best email sent for that entire promotion. Frankly, <laughs> well, I well, always ignore anything that is ever manufactured by the the uh, promoter because you could guarantee that half the people are just going to cut and paste, which uh, you know is it, certainly not breaking any rules other than boring people, which is one rule I try not to to uh, break you know it's the worst thing you can do in marketing so unspoken social contract rules that's a whole other thing about like what's cool to do and what's not to cool and to do in relationship and i actually got into a little bit of trouble with this recently on these two product launches i i i wasn't uh, thoroughly paying attention to what was you know like uh the dates of each one and i sent an email for one uh, on like one of the days that this other one was closing and that was not there was nothing wrong with that it wasn't bad it didn't hurt anything but like socially you know so as far as relationship and social contracts go it was considered uncool so i had to like I had to look at that and consider that and acknowledge that, you know what, I can really understand why you would consider this thing to not be cool. So it was like a unspoken rule that I accidentally broke. Really <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you do that plenty. Because, you know, no, I don't. I'm pretty good about that stuff, dude. But, it, but it's, it's, you know, in part of our, our fun with this whole show is how alternative your background is to my background and that's where you know it's fun to compare and contrast i was this absolute stickler for rules uh, probably because of the threat of the stick uh for so long and it's only later on in in life lately i you know who starts surfing at age 42 that's just ridiculous but i don't care you know i'm fearless and I'll just have a go and and being able to challenge some status quos uh, in societies is good yeah totally so James bring us into our let's roll Carol and bring us into our weekly willpower wager weekly willpower wager thanks Carol okay so <laughs> what rules can you break without penalty this week <laughs> that's a nice <laughs> simple one uh, because there's probably some rules that have uh, virtually no downside and and for this one, think about a bicycle with training wheels. A lot of people are riding around with their training wheels. and They're never going to tip over. There's never going to be anything scary happy, but they'll never have that true feeling of just pulling into a cool turn at speed and that freedom of riding a bicycle without training wheels. So maybe you can dump the training wheels this week on something and stretch it a little bit, see if you can push into the next zone and get an experience or a result that was not accessible to you before because of a self-imposed rule or an idea that some rule was not to be broken. And, and I'll give you an example of this. And uh, this this is one that stands out, right, is 
there's there's a very very wealthy man in Australia in a building industry, and he has a big S class, and then he actually changed it to a Bentley. And every morning, he drives or he has his driver drive down the transit lane that's only for buses and taxis and motorcycles. And quite often he gets fined for that, but he doesn't care because the fine for driving the transit lane is less of a problem for him than the time lost in sitting in the traffic. Is this like a a known thing, this guy? Well, I know about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like the person that parks right in front of the building they want and doesn't worry about the fine because it's just convenient. Uh, And and these are both illegal examples. So, you know, I, I don't mean to say you should do this too. I'm just saying there's examples of people who have weighed up a normal rule and decided to do their own thing in you know and i'm sure there'll be other examples that don't involve breaking the law uh you could probably think of many you know i'm not suggesting you go and push in front of the queue at your local starbucks or whatever i'm just suggesting that maybe you're tiptoeing or running with training wheels when you could just take them off totally i think that's a a a really good one what rules can you break without penalty this week we want to know get let us know in the comments uh, what rules you broke and how that went for you now. Yeah, it could be a self-imposed rule, you know, not not like a state Yeah, it doesn't have to be an institutional <laughs> law or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just just it could be a self-rule about, you know, for example, how many hours you spend at the computer. Maybe you could say, well, I will not spend more than one hour straight at the computer without standing up, going to another room mm-hmm. at least and then or coming even back. Moving, like, you know, just, you know, get your arms moving or something, get some, shake it out a little bit. Um, That's it. Go and have a chat with the building. <laughs> the dude. guy downstairs smoking a cigar. <laughs> News and updates. I put a lot of attention on that guy. And actually, I think that, you know, ultimately, uh, one of the reasons why I was able to successfully navigate this, you know, uh, uh, experience that is potentially disastrous when you're breaking leases is because I, I w- have spent time and energy and effort, you know, making friends with this person who's a, in a position of power and authority in my life and that he is my landlord. Building reciprocity. Yeah. Yeah, totally. been investing. Uh, investing news and updates. In. Okay. Go check out superfastbusiness.com because it has changed since last week. Uh, it was We told you to go check out the new site last week and <laughs> yeah, now it's true. updated. It's, even, it's different. It looks really great, man. I got to say, I'm very, I think it's very cool. So, uh, you know, don't copy it because it might be changing again soon, but but there's split tests being. Well, I can guarantee you, guarantee you it's changing at the moment, but it's most definitely in test mode. So, uh, you know, it's, if, if we'll see that it will change. Yeah, it's cool. So that's a new website over there, and uh, you can check out uh, the community, which is a new membership I forum that I launched that's going off pretty well, and I'm real happy about it over at smartmarketer.com. And uh, also, Superfast Business Live is coming up in March. It's not really coming up, coming up, but it's about six, what, eight months or so? <laughs> that's a long way away. Yeah, but I've, I've, I've locked in some good experts, uh, including yourself, Ezra, yeah. for this event. I'm looking forward to it. And, and uh, one, of the, one of the guys uh, talking at this event is going to talk, talk us through running and, and maintaining a profitable eight-figure business because he's got a, a decent amount of experience in that. Um, and that's a really, field. really cool topic for us of more advanced people is like, you know. Well, that's how you stretch. You start thinking about the next level of challenges and rewards and that can give you a, a well, a train track to the next platform if you like. Totally, dude. Any other news and updates on your end? Yeah, I put some more recordings from the last event into the community that I'm running at Superfast Business just so that uh, people can 
brush up, uh, revise what what they saw or watch it for the first time if they're joining today. You can pretty much attend my last event via video uh, through the recordings that we captured. And then um, that's at superfastbusiness.com. Yeah. So are you keeping your quote today? Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, So this one is, you don't learn to walk by following rules. You learn by doing and falling over. Richard Branson. We'd never had a Branson quote and, you know, I just thought let's put it in there. Screw it, just do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So, 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 nothing on that one, huh? Didn't inspire any thoughts or anything. Well, I it did remind me of something. I was having a discussion just yesterday with someone who's doing a, a business course, and uh, I'm somewhat of a subject matter on the topics that this business course is covering. And when I get asked the question, I'm able to just rattle off the answer. And I realized that when I'm answering these questions, there's so much practical experience involved in being able to answer the question. And then I wonder how people doing this course from a theoretical point of view, like in the classroom environment, theorizing about this stuff that's in the business manual. I just wonder how they could really know what, what A, have any context to what they're talking about and B, you know, how it all would pan out when they get to the the job site and things, the real business things start to happen. And I just felt really appreciative for pragmatic experience. And I am definitely a do-it sort of a person rather than uh, philosophize about it. Totally. I think you learn a lot more by just getting there and getting your hands dirty. Just get it. Just get on the job. Yeah. My quote is, you have to learn the rules of the game. And then you have to play better than anyone else. And that's Albert Einstein. And I cannot tell you how, how I think that I'm really in agreement with that. I think that you know um, you can equate a lot of the things that we're doing in life to games, right? Like if you're going to play the game of school or you're going to play the game of relationships and there's certain rules to those games and how they work and how to – there's not like rules that are right or wrong. There's just kind of rules of like how these things work and um, – it's it's a good thing to learn what they are and then figure out how to effectively play them, right? I got to learn the rules of the game of running a community, and which is you know, and then and then play that game as well as I can. I got to you know, it's like it's really yeah. And then there's there's some other related quote. It's like um, you know, before you break the rules, you have to learn learn them in the first place or whatever. Like it's good to it's good to learn the rules and to to play right right to the full extent of them before you start breaking rules. And I think a lot of people are, are breaking some rules they shouldn't. And we haven't really covered that, but that's another one. Without even bothering to learn the... F- well, I mean, to your... Yeah, totally. I think that might be for another episode. Think, act, get. We are talking about mindset, behavior, and results with the focus to improve our lives and businesses. And everything is directed at you, our listener. We thank you so much for listening to our show. We really appreciate your time and... uh Yeah, that's episode 49, Rules. What are they? How are you using them? And how are they affecting your business and your life? Yeah, this is a a good one, mate. Well done. Thanks, dude. All right, well, we'll catch you on the next one. All righty. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 